0: following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Well, just for the
1: record, we
2: got a son in Phoenix, too. 52.
0: Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. This week, we are going to talk about Alfred Payton after the honeymoon phase. Uh, It seems like he did a similar thing to our previous point guard signees and kind of fell off after the first few games. So we'll talk about that a little bit. And then we'll talk about the depth we have at each position heading into next year. Those two things should coincide pretty well. After that, we'll talk about a couple things from last week's games. We're not going to harp on them. And then after that, some NCAA tournament talk, because that's where the real basketball has been being played lately. My name's Charlie Erling. I have David McGraw and Davin Mitch Krumpetich with me. What's up, guys?
2: You know, I kind of liked going second last week. But uh, maybe it was also just because, like, last week, like, I was almost a little sick, so I was just like, just do everything, you guys, please. Like, just don't make me talk.
1: It was weird going first. I I was really caught off guard, but I think that's the sign of a good host is keeping us on our toes. But speaking of being on our toes, (laughs) (laughs) if you leave an iTunes review that has the word toes in it, I'll give you a shout-out next week five-star review say the word toes or you don't have to say the word toes and i'll still give you a shout out but if you say the word toes i'll give you a special shout out it's just like a keyword promo code except you don't get a discount for anything
0: and you know (laughs) what we're gonna take away from this mitch loves toes anyways Uh,
1: actually (laughs) i i am not a fan of toes i think feet are pretty weird but that's a, a whole separate podcast Weird couldn't be good or bad.
2: <laughs> I think I've told you guys about my views on feet, so we're not going to get into that. <laughs> I don't just remember. a regular
0: Rex Ryan over here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's hop into it though. Alfred Payton. Uh, I know we were all really excited about Alfred when he came in here. We saw his triple double in his third game in his son's uniform, and there's been a bit of regression lately. Uh, you can maybe blame that on the tank and the rotations we've been seeing lately. But it does seem like Alfred has taken a small step back, at least. And, I mean, we all just need to temper our expectations a little bit. I think that's fair to say. But really, what Alfred has been doing for us, and just his size and his ability to defend, I still love it. I still think we're in good shape with Alfred, but maybe my my thoughts have changed when it comes to sending him a contract this offseason. What do you guys think?
1: Well, I mean, I know we were all happy with signing him in the first place. We all went out and bought his jersey and everything. Oh, was that just me? No, that it was, it was just you. you. Maybe that was just me. Whatever. Um, I still think we need to sign him. I would be fine with doing that, even if we know that he's going to move into like a bench role next season. I've I've seen some people, this might have been on Reddit or Twitter, I don't remember, but people asking for maybe like a TJ Warren size contract. Um, at this point, that might even be a little much. But if we gave him that kind of money, I would be fine with that. Um, I don't think the market for him is going to be very favorable for him money wise this off season. So if we can give him something long term um that's not like crazy amount kind of like tj's contract i'd be happy with that
2: yeah the market's going to be really interesting i'm not actually sure what any market for almost anyone is going to be this season like just because of the cap and the spending in the last couple summers you know we have seen everything kind of restricted There are only a handful of teams with money really available so almost for that just alone i feel like we're more than likely gonna have him back and I don't think that's a bad thing I still am I I I still do like what he does mostly Uh, I don't think he's been you know like just completely hard-nosed defensively but that that has been one of his struggles throughout his career is kind of consistency I think that uh there is still defensive effort there I I just I don't think there's much that we could ask him to do besides just play point guard like an NBA player. And while he hasn't been putting up like 20 points or whatever, I still feel like he's mostly doing that, you know, deferring, initiating the offense, that kind of stuff. So I, I feel like that's still there. And with that, like, I, I'm good with that. Uh, I Maybe it's just because of who we've seen play point guard this year for us, but I'm still good with that and still okay with what he's been doing uh just in general
1: and along with that his rebounding i think is really valuable uh in one of the games last week i was watching and he didn't get the rebound but he was in good position like under the basket and the ball just went the opposite direction and i looked at it and i was like who is that Who who's down there and i'm like oh that's alfred payton it was just so weird to see a guard um Rebounding, I guess, because, you know, even Booker is not a great rebounder, even though he's all over the court and doing a lot for us. So I think having a guard that can rebound is huge, especially when we're used to like Mike James and Tyler (laughs) Eulis. Yeah, he's had
0: four double digit rebound games in his son's jersey this year, and that's pretty fantastic. We saw Bledsoe be able to grab some rebounds, but it seems like when Bledsoe was grabbing boards, It was a fast break every time with Bloodso taking it all the way to the rack and getting a little too far under the rim. I've complained about that so many times, but Elfred does a lot. He does different things. He'll move the ball up with the pass, and something I've noticed, he will drop it off for the trailer pretty frequently when he gets going, and I like to see that with guys like Booker and Bender who are sometimes trailing. I really like the way that looks. But as for a market for Alfred Payton, I go back and I think if we were able to get him for a, what's going to turn out to be a late second round pick, no one else was given up that, a draft pick like that, obviously, or seems like the magic would have taken that. So who wants Alfred Payton? I think we do. <laughs> I think we do. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, I really hope... We get him on a deal, sort of like TJ. Maybe a million or two less per year would make me feel a lot better. But yeah, I'd like to see that happen.
2: Yeah, I, as I said, like I don't, I don't really know what his market is because I don't know how the market's going to be for, you know, uh, like low tier starters or mid tier starters or whatever you want to call him. I think. He's more towards the low tier kind of starters than he is a mid-tier, like a TJ. I think TJ's, cl- like, definitely way more mid- mid-tier mid than Alfred is. And for that, I feel like he should probably be getting, I don't know, what, like, $7 million a year? $8 million a year? Less? I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I just have no idea what the market is just because, like, the cap ballooned so much and then it shrunk back down that... You're not just gonna see every young guy with potential get a max anymore, but like, you so like I, I have no idea what to even like guess that yeah. his value he, is.
1: He's definitely not getting Mozgov money. No,
2: <laughs> n- not a doubt. I don't even know if he's gonna get Jordan Clarkson money when Jordan Clarkson signed his deal mm-hmm. after his rookie contract, which yeah. was mm-hmm. uh, four or five year, or four or five year like forty five million or forty six million something like that. I think. I want to say that's what it was. I think it was 5-year 46, but I don't think he's getting that. So, No, I don't think so either.
0: Okay, so kind of going along with this, we see Alfred Payton as a possible guy in the rotation for next year, a guy that we might bring back. And we just signed Shaq Harrison to a – they're calling it a multi-year contract, but that will be up to the team after the season's up. So – that's actually some depth at the point guard position. If you can uh, rely on Shaq to be a good defender, a hustler, and to be able to move the ball off the bench, you can think of Peyton and Shaq as a a below-average point guard duo, but I'd say an upgrade from Euless and Shaq or Ulis and Peyton. So... Throughout this season, we knew that point guard was probably the weakest spot on the team after the whole Bledsoe mess. And now it's just something interesting to think about. How do you rate this point guard duo compared to the depth we have at other positions on the team right now? And we can obviously say that if we're talking about the starter and the backup, we're most set at small forward or the wing with TJ and Josh that's pretty safe to say so this duo of point guards does it make you does it drop point guard down the list a little bit when we get to the free agency I know if we're drafting and the right point guard's there we're not going to hesitate but when it comes to free agency do you think uh, some positions are more needy than point guard now
2: no Uh, I think that we have like basically every spot on the roster like basically everything but wing is what i'm gonna say because i do think that just because of jackson's flexibility and the fact that he can play 2 i'm just gonna say wing in general just him being able to play alongside either booker or tj um yeah. either way wing so i'm just gonna say wing i think wing is our obvious like we're we're good there. We we'll, we would like to get some sort of backup for Booker, but because of Josh Jackson's flexibility, I think that just the minutes that TJ and Book play in general, like we can we can hold off on that a little bit. I think we can back off. I think wing like wing we're fine. And so, I think that when you look at the other positions, point guard and your two bigs that we have to figure out ways to fill those spots. And I know that like yes, we have Shaq Harrison. And, like, he's really cool as an undrafted guy that, like, we saw in Summer League really liked, uh, has finally had his chance up here and has been making the most of it. But if, but, like, you still have to be aggressive in going after a point guard, because realistically, like, okay, if Alfred Payton is out, say Alfred Payton, you view him as the point guard of the future. If Alfred Payton is out, are you okay with Shaq Harrison starting point, at starting point guard for 30 minutes a game? And I don't think you are. And for that alone, I think that's enough to say, no, we need to bring in some sort of point guard that either maybe it pushes Alfred to the bench, maybe we say, you know what, no, Alfred's still going to start, but, like, we need a guy that's going to come in and play 20 minutes a night.
0: I th- I have a feeling where we all miss something already in Brandon Knight. I should have mentioned him initially, I think, but as a combo guard... I- Brandon Knight can definitely pitch in at the point. That's what I think puts point guard down the list behind the bigs. I, I'd, First, I'd want a center. Second, I'd want a power forward. Third, I'd want a point guard. If we could pick it out in free agency like that.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. If the right point guard comes along and there's a good fit in the draft or we make a deal in free agency, that's great. I'm not going to complain. But look at how bad the power forward position has been this year. It's been really rough. And, yeah, TJ can play a little bit of that. Josh Jackson can play a little bit of that. But that's not where they ideally fit. They're way better small forwards, and everyone knows that, and they know that. That's where they want to play. That's what they want to be doing. I mean, Bender has had his moments, but he should not be starting. It's not working very well. Marquis Chris, like I said, I don't think he's going to be on the team next year. It's been rough. It's been really rough, and we'll get more into that. But, like, those are our power forwards. That's not a very good list. And then next season, Len will probably sign somewhere else, but I'm not – entirely sure on that because he hasn't been very good lately and I don't know if a team's gonna want to pay him anything and it might just be a similar situation to last summer, but we'll see. And then Tyson Chandler will be what, like forty eight next year, so Yep. (laughs) No, how old will he actually be? Will he be thirty seven?
2: Is he thirty five?
1: 36 okay so maybe he'll be 36 37 next year whatever regardless he's gonna be going Tyson's,
2: into his 18th year in the league right pretty much yeah
1: Tyson has barely been playing this year and we've seen Dragonbender Bender run a little bit of the center but again Dragonbender Bender should not be starting at any position right now it's not going well he needs to be able to come off the bench and like develop I think. I mean, I like that he's getting this exposure, but I would argue that the amount of playing time he's had to play is hindering his development because I've said this before, he's being asked to do so much more than he's even ready for. And it's not working very well. So yeah, I would say power forward is a need, but we really do need a backup shooting guard because Troy Daniels, I'm gonna leave it at that. I don't like, if I start talking about Troy Daniels it's going to like derail my thought process for the rest of the episode. Let's do it. Let's
0: talk about Troy Daniels then. I <laughs> I, I want to do it because okay, I while we're talking about depth, we might as well do it. Why is Davon Reed not playing? We've done this a few times here. And you can say, oh, he's a second round pick. How many second round picks actually become rotation players in the NBA? I don't even care at this point. Is Troy Daniels the guy that we want to keep around? Like, is that really what's happening? Because we picked Davon Reed 32 overall. That's pretty darn close to a first round pick. There were other guys we could have picked and guys that are doing having decent seasons in the NBA right now. Is this a Triano thing? Does they like is Davon Reed not showing the effort? Is it the skill? What is it? Because the the dude deserves minutes over Troy Daniels. Cause Troy Daniels is the most one dimensional player in the league, if you ask me.
2: The three ball is really important, yeah. Chuck. That's why Troy Daniels duh duh well, put him on the
0: Rockets, where it's either a three-pointer or a layup. Just send him to Houston. He can be one of their hundred guards. But he's guards. not good enough to play I don't even Houston. care.
1: <laughs> True. Actually, James Harden might be the one player who is worse at defense than Troy Daniels.
2: But eh, no, not even close. <laughs> no.
1: Because <laughs>
0: Harden is twice the defender Troy Daniels is. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean we're obviously not trying to win anything what what is the point of not playing troy daniels or sorry sorry oh my gosh not playing dave on reed yeah please (laughs) what is the point of not playing dave on reed like and how are we going to even evaluate dave on reed how many games has he played with us this season like less
2: than 10. We're not trying to like, evaluate him because he's on the contract and we don't have to worry about it. He's an end-of-the-bench guy. We're not going to cut him just because of whatever. Right, but we, we need
1: to see what he can do. We need to see anything. Like, this is the time. This is the time for him to get minutes. We have, like,
2: Davon Reed, th- 12 games left. Davon Reed was a complete panic pick because the Suns wanted Josh Hart, and so the Lakers yeah. traded up. So that Or traded, whatever, so that way they could get Josh Hart and we couldn't trade into the first round from the second to get Josh Hart. So he was a panic pick because we didn't know what else to do. And that's what happened. That's what the deal is with Davon Reed. That's just what it is.
1: I yeah. guess, but we have – he's still a player. Like, give him 20 minutes. I just want to see Davon Reed play 20 minutes, even if it's just once this season. You did. Hornets. Bam. Right, I mean, <laughs> until from from now until the end of the season, I want to see it one more time. I know, I'm just kidding, Mitch.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, I know, I know. like you you're talking about this about Troy Daniels, but uh, you you mentioned Brandon Knight. That's the same way I feel about Brandon Knight. Like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of missing Brandon Knight because of all the other garbage guard play we've had. But it's not like Brandon Knight was good last year. Like, he got benched and then was hurt and didn't play when we sat Bledsoe like he was garbage and now like our are, are we gonna say that like our like silver lining at guard next year is that we have brandon knight as a combo guard like who knows yeah who knows like <laughs> he was not good last <laughs> this year. is where we're at right he was now. not good last year whatsoever he like was mostly injured when we we traded for him it felt like he was injured half the time when we traded for him whenever that was the year before that he was had a first half of a good season and then Went down the downhill and got hurt. And then it was the Devin Booker show. Like, do we really have that much confidence in Brandon Knight to, like, do that? I just, I don't see it. I don't see it at all.
1: No, but I have more confidence in Brandon Knight than I do in Troy Daniels.
2: I have, like a lot I don't have more. confidence in either of them. Like, they both shouldn't be on the roster next year.
0: I think Brandon Knight deserves a shot. I do He deserves, he deserves this... I mean, we've been paying him, so we might as well get a little work out of him and give him one last shot next year.
1: And, and look at everything Sarver's been saying. We're not going to try to win next season either. So why, why not let Brandon Knight get one more chance?
0: Wait, where, where did you see that we're not going to try to win
1: next season? Well, he hasn't said that directly, but he's just Because said, McDonough is saying the exact opposite of right, that. Right. But so this was like the Sarver Facebook live interview that he did. A couple weeks ago and he kept saying yeah sarver kept saying like we're still building like 2019 don't expect to make the playoffs in 2019
0: it's been 2020 all along hasn't it it really has been i
1: really think
2: it has been i mean like (laughs) that's not wrong though we're not gonna make the playoffs next year but that's not the point no we're not gonna be (laughs) But that's not the point the point is trying to get to like 30 wins next year like that's the goal next year which is awful and garbage but that's the goal right right like the goal the goal next year isn't playoffs the goal next year is to take the next step so that you can try and make it the year after because you can't go just be a competent you can't go from 19 wins one season to the playoffs like and expect everything to be okay that's just not what's gonna happen yeah
1: we're saying 19 wins like we know we're not gonna (laughs)
2: win a game for the rest of the season
0: we're not
1: i'm telling you we're (laughs) not it's we're over halfway through march and we have 19 wins oh man well
0: here's the thing let's move it on to talk a little bit about last week's games and if we were gonna win one of these it was gonna be against the golden state warriors and if you haven't been paying attention that sounds asinine what I just said, but they didn't have their big 3. Curry was out, Clay was out, Durant was out. And we still couldn't beat them. And it and wasn't that close. That whole game, that whole game, all I could think in my head was how far away are we really from being a decent team? Like we're missing our best guy, but they're missing their 3 best guys, and they ran away with that game in the end. That hurt. But bright side, josh jackson incredible game and it was actually pretty quiet it didn't seem like he was filling it up until i I remember looking up at the scoreboard at the sometime in the second and he had 18 points and i thought holy cow what just happened but jackson just getting buckets the way he does and making it look easy so that was really nice to see
1: Yeah, I mean, that's the only silver lining I've seen in the last, like, two months of games. And Jackson is perfecting a few things. That turnaround, step-back jumper is getting there. He's hitting that a little bit more. That's going to be a nice shot to have in his arsenal. His three-point shot, especially from the corner, is looking a lot better. And he's just way more under control. He was due to score 30 points or more, and I'm glad he got it
2: yeah josh i mean he's continually getting better and he you know like that's what this time of year it seems like that like a lot of guys can just get minutes and whatever but josh seems to be doing it to where it can be It, it he can keep doing it it seems like that consistency is getting there it seems like he's just playing really good basketball off the bench every night and that's gonna that bodes well for his development coming into the summer Uh,
1: that this reminds me of something else though I saw a quote from Jackson the other day he was asked about how like the difficulties of losing every game because for a lot of these guys it's really hard to go from they're just winners for their entire lives basically and then they go to these bad teams and lose all the time so he was asked what that's like and the adjustment and what he said I had two reactions to one was positive because well he said he's getting used to losing he understands like this is part of the NBA and that In order for the team to develop they need to lose and it's in the best interest and all that you know it was it was the right answer so I was happy that you know it seems like he's bought into this team and everything that's good but it made me sad at the same time I think it sucks that guys have to come here and say yeah I'm used to losing it's okay now you don't want that I want guys on this team who want to win every game but that's just not where we're at. And the culture of the Phoenix Suns right now is losing, and I don't like that. It
0: was a real answer. It was. That's what you got to appreciate. And every time you hear him talk, he's not going to bullshit you. He's he's real with what he says. He means what he says, and you can tell that. And I love that about him. So in this game, 36 points, 6 boards, 4 assists, a block, 2 steals. And something I've been, if you look at his stat lines lately, he's not putting up a ton of three-pointers. You can tell he knows that's not where his game is going to thrive right now. But the way he's been getting his shots, just beautiful. That floater in the middle of the lane is something that we've seen come around. And then, see, I like when he puts up the floater, but I love it when he just puts his head down and tries to yam on everybody it's that you don't know what he's gonna do and that's what's gonna make him such a good scorer.
2: it's that athleticism and just his ability to get to the rim and his ability to finish and that's what we talked about in summer league of the positives of like what he could do and now that he's comfortable and starting to get more and more comfortable we're seeing that and it's awesome and that's the upside to his offensive game that we saw going into the draft going into summer league and that's where it is and the fact that that's where he's at right now is awesome and like we we've mentioned it last week like him and booker going forward is something really awesome and is really exciting
1: oh yeah and it's safe to say that jackson has solidified himself as the second best player on our team they i think they're gonna be a really great duo together eventually
0: i i don't know if jackson is better than t j quite yet uh now that i say that out loud i might do <laughs> I, I don't know i i don't i just i d i want to give t j the respect there i i think he's more of a like score a little more consistent
2: scorer, than jackson. yes tj is scoring a scoring wise yes but basketball yeah. Player. yeah
1: overall player i give it to jackson but tj ne- has been great this year
0: next year i'll probably say jackson but i'm not ready to do that quite
2: yet Cause, i mean i mean okay. like when it comes to it seems like rebounding and facilitating i, I would probably give it to jackson over tj well yeah but i
1: i would give it to troy
2: daniels over tj when it comes to (laughs) yeah no and that's (laughs) the point that's the point like tj averages one assist like he gets the ball and he goes to score that's what he does
0: well jackson's getting one and a half this year that's
2: okay yes he is but what has he been doing since 2018 yeah you're right you're right (laughs) (laughs) okay so
0: i think we could probably just talk about jackson every day all day but let's move it along and how about let's talk about the Sonny and chris and dudley versus ricky rubio
2: podcast (laughs) yay the
1: lamest the lamest fight in nba history yeah we can't call that a fight yeah so lamest
0: shoving match I'm trying to think of the best way to go in at this because one, I want to talk smack to everybody who said anything about Jared Dudley for this. That's one thing. And then two, I think Marquise Chris is a head case just as much as the next guy. Like if we're going to blame this on anybody, it's gotta be Chris and keep Dudley's name out your mouth.
1: (laughs) <laughs> so i think this play just sums up our entire season it's if you didn't watch it you might as well not watch it it's pretty bad but what happens is marquis chris goes for this dunk from like the three-point line it might as well have been he was so far away he misses entirely no one touches him and he just lands on the ground it was embarrassing whatever it happens so he gets up and what even happened? Like Rubio got into someone's
0: okay, face. Okay, hold on. Okay, okay. Here's what Dudley's
1: happened. face. First off,
0: I want to say there may have been a little contact on Chris. So Not
2: nearly enough. What happened to was. Anything. What happened was, Gobert was under the basket, or right in front of the basket. Marquise Chris was going and goes to jump up, expecting Gobert to be contact, so doesn't do, like, a full jump to try and dunk. He was going up to get contact. Gobert just pulled the chair out, and Marquise instead just falls to the ground because he was expecting Gobert to be there to stop him from, like, whatever, and just contact with Gobert. That's what... I, but
1: Chris did take off way too early. He was not going to score from there. It's a combination of both, I think. I mean, Chris can fly, He can, but He can.
0: But it seems like he put the effort into
2: try and fly. He
0: didn't have his feet under him. No, I I think I don't think he would have just tried to draw a foul quite that way. I just like he'd rather dunk it on somebody or get I don't know. It seems like he just didn't have his feet under him or he like lost control of the ball right as he started the jump. And I yeah. think Gobert may have gotten a tiny little piece of him to do it. But like I'm not saying that was a foul on Gobert even.
1: No, it was I'm wasn't. just saying
0: it something weird wasn't. happened. And it's yeah. and it's not because Chris is trash or like, that's well. not why Chris <laughs> is trash. <laughs> okay, but we'll move it on. So Chris just absolutely blows this thing. He's laying on the ground. Rubio, which this is a punk move in any sport. That's Steps true. over Chris. It, it was even his legs, but you still don't step over a guy that's a punk move, and you're going to get something if you do that. So that happens. Rubio tosses the ball to the ref. This should be a dead ball. Rubio tosses the ball to the ref. Ref throws it right back to Rubio, and they start trying to get down the floor. While Marquise Chris is still laying down, Shaquille Harrison is trying to help him up. And Dudley is still talking to a ref under the basket, pretty much. So that ref throws the ball to Rubio, and that turns it into a potential five-on-two fast break. So what does Dudley do? The smart veteran play, and he stops the play. He shoves pretty Ricky. Pretty Ricky (laughs) flops. I'll guarantee that was a flop. The first one was a flop. Oh,
1: yeah, it was bad. And...
0: Dudley, being a man, says, I may have pushed him a little too hard, but I was trying to
1: stop the fast break. Dudley owned up to that. He said on Twitter, I always do this, too. Yeah, he does. He's right.
0: You see Dudley do that because you know when he's going to get burnt. He's like, Nope, I'm going to stop this. I don't play much defense, so I know I'm not in foul trouble, so I'm just going to stop this play right now. And, see, I have no problem with that. But then, and I'd hope a lot of Jazz fans don't listen to this. I assume not many do, but this might get ugly but when Ricky Rubio gets shoved over by Dudley and then pops up and tries to go big dog on Dudley I think he deserved to get shoved again if you're gonna get up in someone's face like what are you expecting you're gonna get shoved and honestly it just sucks that it was Marquise Chris who's a hothead and like if that would have been Bender now Bender wouldn't have shoved him if that would have been Booker I wonder what everybody's tune would be about it right now
2: oh yeah it would have, it been, would have ugly, been way uglier. There would have been so much trash talk. Like Marquise almost has like a wall. He's a head case, and like who knows anyways. But like Booker doing it, it like the woodwork would have gone out about like everyone that hates Booker. Okay, yeah. how about
0: T.J. Warren? How about T.J. Warren shoves him instead of Marquise? Like,
2: what would the reaction be to that? I don't know. That's a good question. I so the pro, so the problem is but the problem is is that shoving someone just blindside shoving them which is what it was because of whatever reason um is dumb now shoving someone like while they're like looking at you or their body's kind of at you because they're getting in one of your guys's face or whatever okay like if Chris would if so if tj warren would have come in And, like, Dudley's there and Rubio's trying to get in his face and TJ, like, shoves Rubio, like, with one arm or two or whatever to get him out of Dudley's face. Okay, that's one thing. But, like, Chris seemingly doing it for no reason whatsoever because he just got embarrassed and doing it from behind is uncalled for. And I will say that. It is uncalled for everyone talking about how bush league dudley is or whatever it's like calm down that's ridiculous like yeah. that is what happens in basketball like almost every night something like that happens where yeah a guy is going for a fast break and someone either shoves the dude or puts an arm out to stop him or something like that did dudley probably like shove a little bit too much yes but like that is what happens when there is a guy supposedly injured on the floor you a guy fouls to stop the fast break and i'm sure that dudley probably thought that rubio like what like was either being disrespectful because he thought that chris was injured and he stepped over him or thought that he made some sort of contact with chris as he was jumping over him i'm sure there was something there or whatever but like that's not that's whatever Rubio turning around and acting like Dudley like armbar him and like took him out by his neck or something is ridiculous. But Chris then like making up for blowing the dunk and then laying on the floor which like whatever like yeah like he probably got the like had the wind knocked out of him a little bit or something falling. But like the it, I like that is an issue with just coming up from behind and shoving him and it is very much like chris just is an idiot like that that's all it is and like i get it you want to be mad and yeah like chris is dumb chris is an idiot but like no one is going to get suspended for that ever like way worse things happen Like, look at anything that Draymond Green has done in the last two years that he hasn't gotten suspended for. Or, like, anything like that. Like, yeah, you're not going to get suspended for, like, shoving someone. That's not going to happen. You're not going to take someone's draft pick away from shoving someone. You're not going to, like, fine a team, like, whatever, or, like, whatever half the – Like, stuff that fans and people were saying, like, that does not happen when there's a shoving match. Like, that doesn't happen. Dwight Howard punched a dude in the back of the head last year, and he got kicked out of the game, and that was it. That game that he was playing, that's what happened, and he got a fine. Like, that's what happens. Yeah.
0: It's not like anyone got cold clocked by a haymaker that they didn't see coming. That's that just doesn't really happen anymore. But just one message to anyone who's calling out Jared Dudley and saying he's not a good pro. And why is this jokester in the league? Do you think Jared Dudley is like holding a gun to the heads of the owners all around the NBA that have signed him to these million dollar contracts? Like they don't have to sign Jared Dudley to be on their team. Like, if he wasn't good, wasn't a good locker room guy, he wouldn't be in the league. There's no reason to do it. But he's here. It, it, there's a reason why he's here. So just don't call that guy trash. If you're going to call someone trash, it's Marquis Chris, <laughs> who's a hothead. And we agree with that we, 100%. Yep, but uh-huh. the honestly, the shit talk I saw about Jared Dudley all over social media I was just spicy sitting at my desk looking at Twitter. Oh, my God.
1: I, I just the didn't even duds, look. Man. I didn't even look at it. I was the s- uh, it, watching our games is hard enough. I didn't need to look at Twitter. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's not, went it's too not deep. just even that, but, like, all of the people saying that stuff on the Suns subreddit that are Suns fans. that It's like, what are you guys even doing? Yeah. Like, shut up. Like, come on.
0: I'll say it again. I this I posted this on the Sun subreddit, but you guys are soft as 10-ply if you're going to think that's such a big deal. And by 10-ply, I mean 10-ply toilet paper. It's nice and
2: soft. This is the team. Braja Bell, like, <laughs> freaking armbarred Kobe Bryant in a playoff game, like, around the neck and took him to the ground. How much and did everybody loved love that? Right.
1: Everyone loves that. <laughs>
0: It's like, oh, it's Ricky Rubio. He gets beat up on by so many guys. Yeah. Like, he got pushed last week. Like, yeah, guys get shoved and stuff. It's the NBA. It's, it, it can be a physical game. Basketball can be a physical sport. I, I think it just seems like a lot of people forgot about that. And I'm not trying to act like I'm an old head or anything like that. But it wasn't long ago where when that stuff happened, guys to get fist split fights. up. And they'd throw the – yeah, it either turn into a fist fight or they'd just throw the ball in and the game would be back on. Man, we've been talking <laughs> for quite a long time about this. Um, I think we've got to move it on before any of us get even more spicier, especially me. But NCAA tourney. NCAA tourney, there's been some crazy stuff. First one versus 16 upset ever. I caught Let's the go second retrievers. half of that. It was amazing. The Retrievers out of University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Like... Are you kidding me? And then, of course, I picked the Wildcats. I feel like Charles Barkley. I always try to put the Wildcats deep into my bracket, and they just always blow it. They lost to Buffalo. I was talking some smack about some 6'10 guy from Eden (laughs) Prairie, Minnesota that was on their roster who was going to have to guard Deion. Like, I had no idea. And then
1: they spanked him. So, I mean, March Madness, it's madness. It's crazy. It It really is. Uh, I, I need to say Gonzaga, fourth straight Sweet 16. I always put Gonzaga really deep in my bracket, and the past four years it's really paid off. Um, oh, these games they're playing in, though, are, like, heart attack-inducing. Holy cow. If you get up by 12, can you just stay there, please? Why do we have to go down four and then win? Oh, it's 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 a roller coaster, but that's March. A win is a win is a win is a win, so we've... Uh, we've won two games uh playing another weekend so super happy about that keep an eye on Rui Hachimura he did not play well in the first game against uh UNC Greensboro but he played really well in this game against Ohio State also Keita Bates DL is that how you say his name for Ohio State man that guy's good he, yep. he is he's tall he can shoot he's long he's athletic he took over for them he scored like eight or ten points in a row really took over that game for a long stretch in the second half he's good he's really good yep that
0: was fun watching him versus Mike Dom on South Dakota State for that first game they were matched oh, yeah. up quite a bit so yeah I, I watched him a lot then he looked really good Mike Dom great game though too bad they couldn't win
1: Yeah, it was too bad. I was hoping to beat San Diego State for a second year in a row. Get out of here. Sorry, South Dakota State. Put some respect on the Southern D. The wrong SD, even. So much disrespect. (laughs) No, I mean, I I was rooting for South Dakota State. I got to root for them. It was too bad that they lost, but that's march and yeah we've seen some crazy stuff michigan state lost to syracuse that was that was really crazy um the michigan beating um who did michigan play uh houston that game buzzer beater i mean that sums up march right there that, that buzzer great. beater happened, mm-hmm. like,
0: right at the end of the Suns game. I was walking by that bar right by the entrance, and people started uh-huh. screaming right when I walked by. I had no idea
1: what it was, but I figured it out pretty quick. Yeah, we, we've had some great games, but, man, this is – it's hard because I'm watching all these tournament games and seeing, like, actually good basketball being played and being reminded of what that looks like. It's different because it's college. But, boy, does this tournament make it even harder to watch the Suns. Yeah, just just <laughs> competitive games, please. Yes, that's all I need. Just competition, wow. I feel like so, this has been a great tournament, though.
0: Absolutely. So we'll wrap it up with this. Have we seen any guys that are have had some big uh, stock rises in their draft stock? Uh, Darius Lyles the, <laughs> from the Retrievers, that's
2: the only
1: guy I've heard anything about. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's a top ten pick. Yeah, now. That's what happens.
2: That's Woo. what happens. Uh, it's actually the entirety of uh that Buffalo team is now gonna get drafted in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yep. they're all better than Ayton, <laughs> apparently. Um, what's the dude's name? Alexander from Kentucky. Point guard The point guard, the
0: last name that I'll butcher if She'll I can. Yeah. We'll we'll know
2: it, it soon. Well, no, it's six, noon, six yeah, athletic. Yeah, he looked good. Um, has really, really similar stats to De'Aaron Fox when De'Aaron Fox played last year. And, uh, hmm. I, like, that dude's looking pretty solid. I, I want to watch more of him and would not be against the Suns getting him at all if we could figure out a way to trade up.
0: It'll be really interesting to see over the summer how him and Trey Young and Colin Sexton I wonder how they pan out when we do get to the draft that'll be yeah, interesting to watch right.
1: well and it's tough because Trey Young Oklahoma lost their first game so see didn't get to see a whole lot I mean he looked good in that game but I mean it's the story of their season Trey Young looks good and they lose I mean I don't I don't think it really hurt his stock at all but I would have liked to see more same with Colin Sexton alabama out in the first weekend which i think most people expected but just makes it a little tougher to evaluate but whatever um and then yeah this this kentucky point guard i think it's going to be interesting to see where he falls um same thing with uh oh what's the name of the shooting guard from miami that people were high on? oh um brown no, no. what it, If you're looking at the draft boards, you know who I'm talking about. This Miami shooting guard. Miami, they lost their first game too, so
2: didn't get to evaluate him as much as I would have liked. So Marvin Bagley is, like, really the last, like, top five guy that's left because everyone else is either in Europe or, like, lost in the first round of the tournament. So, like, probably, like, looking at, like, there was another dude that plays next to Bagley, uh, Williams Carter? Carter, Wendell Carter, not Wendell Williams, Carter. Carter, Wendell Carter. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that dude's probably shooting up. He's not going to be like, he's not going like, to be top five, but like that dude's like a top ten pick, right? Like, there's some people like questioning if like he might be possibly better than Bagley and stuff, and people o- overstepping. He's at
0: eight on Tank the- Tankathon.
1: That's what I have pulled up right now. He's number eight there. um same thing with bomba texas lost and when i watched mo bomba play i was just like oh yeah so a young tyson i i'm not Mm. so sure if i his offensive game is a lot more limited than i thought yeah he he
2: showed during the season uh there were some possibility of like jump shots and stuff with him but like that just wasn't in the last half of the season really and that As I I think I said it earlier, like DeAndre Jordan, Tyson Chandler, like, and and that's cool. And I think that, like, he has a lot of potential, obviously. But when it comes to defensive centers, I think Jaron Jackson Jr. just has a way huge, bigger step on him.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I just, I don't think we need Bomba in Phoenix. Hmm. Oh, one guy
0: I've really liked watching, though. Robert Williams from Texas A&M, they just beat UNC. This game just got over. Yeah, uh, they just beat him by twenty-one. Yeah, but that was a big W. And he he just looks like a man amongst boys out there. In some of these matchups, six-nine-two thirty-five. Uh, do we need an, another guy about that size? If we get rid of Chris, probably. So yeah. him at, at that. Uh, if we're gonna get the Heat or Bucks pick. Right in that like 15, 16 area is what it'd be right now. I'd love for us to bring him in there. All right. I think that's going to about cover it. Are we hitting the non-sports plugs today, boys?
1: Oh, yes. Yep.
0: All right. David's Comic Book Corner, Mitch's Fate Smelting Minute. Let's do it.
2: So I've plugged Logic in the past, but I was going to plug him again because he just dropped a new mixtape this week. And it's called uh, Bobby Tarantino Two. His first Bobby Tarantino album is really good, has a bunch of like really awesome songs. But uh, the second one is pretty solid. Kind of taking a break from like having like this really album full of messages and stuff, and he kind of pokes fun at that in an intro that's done with by Rick and Morty, which is really kind of dumb, but uh the intro like pokes fun kind of at like his how his albums are always serious and his like mixtapes and stuff are always like way goofy and like more like hardcore rap or whatever you want to call it or trap music or atlanta rap whatever you want to call it like that's always what it is more of and like my favorite song on the album is called 44 more which on his first bobby tarantino album he has a song called 44 bars which is really good and this one's kind of like second version of that song and it's just really solid and he also randomly has a song with two chains which is pretty good and i don't like two chains but the song's dope (laughs) so i don't remember what it's called but uh if you're into like rapper hip-hop or anything definitely check out logic and uh bobby tarantino 2 is pretty good do it up mitch i have
0: actually i just have had in-laws in town so really all we've been doing is watching basketball So I, I, everything's been pretty much sports related, but shout out to the in-laws. Hope you're enjoying your time here. That's it.
1: Nice. Um, well, I'm going to take like the exact opposite approach of David and plug some, an album that's like very serious, Um, (laughs) but thy art is murder. I've plugged them in the past and realized I, I haven't plugged this album, but I went back and started listening to it quite a bit again. And this is Holy war from 2015. Uh, this album is a little less heavy than their previous album hate but they've explained that hate holy war and dear desolation the three albums that came out in that order all kind of go together um holy war is a lot more political uh in nature not quite as heavy but still lots of good um just straight up deathcore a lot less straight death metal than dear desolation um but still really good i like all those albums a lot uh my favorite tracks on holy war are the title track holy war coffin dragger and fur and claw some people say fur and claw is thy art is murder's best song uh i'm not so sure but it's really good so check out holy war by thy art is murder
0: all right everybody thanks for tuning in check us out on twitter at sunny and phx pod and be sure to tune in next week to hear us complain about the phoenix suns and unironically now go suns go zags